Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you recognize the beauty of community. My guest this week is Denia Smith, and she is a youth advocate committed to fighting for racial and gender equity. Denia is so committed to her work, and you can absolutely hear it in her voice when she talks about how passionate and committed she is to her activism. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Denia Smith. But my name is Denia Smith. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm a high school senior at City Montgomery High School in New Jersey. I'm also an intersectional feminist, researcher, organizer, and student activist who is passionate about the intersections of racial and gender equity for social good. I've mainly pursued these passions through three realms, one of which being in the realm of education reform through my organization called WWP POC Advocacy, which seeks to implement racially equitable education reform in my school district. Another method of my advocacy also involves my work in gender equality with Girl Up serving as a teen advisor, um, a part of the board of 25 Youth Advocates, where we advocate for global gender equality through speakership events and panels. And last but certainly not least, I also engage in research with the African American Policy Forum, where I study the intersections of racial and gender equity as it pertains to Black girls, while also engaging in politics with the High School Democrats of America. Thank you for that introduction, Denaya, and I am so excited to talk with you more about all of your work. So to get started, I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about your background and the experiences you had to really get you to this point where you felt like you needed to become an intersectional advocate and you needed to do all of this work. Can you tell me some about what that background was for you? Just tell me some about that story. Definitely. So for me, I believe that my advocacy really got started in 2020. You know, we were all in the midst of the pandemic, stuck at home. And one of the main things that most of us were doing at that time was sitting at home on our devices, watching the news and on social media. And during that time period, around April of May, something that was really relevant was the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement due to the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. And as I saw protests of young people throughout the country and even internationally fighting for racial justice, I questioned what I could really do to contribute to this movement. And I realized that instead of just sitting at home and watching this, I could bring this to my community and I can ensure that the changes that are being made nationally are also being made locally. So that inspired me to start a Black Lives Matter march in my community, which garnered a thousand attendees, where we marched in the street for racial justice, but also encouraged those around us, both students, educators, and community members, to consider how we can take the momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement and translate that into education reform in our school district to ensure that we are implementing anti-racist and racially equitable curricula in which we can educate young people on the values of anti-racism and encourage them to become advocates for social change. That methodology, in a sense, translated into my work with my organization called the WWP POC Advocacy, where we worked within our three committees of policy, education, and programming to implement racially equitable changes that assure that by POC students well accepted and included in the classroom. Over time, as I continued my work in racial justice with the POC advocacy, I saw that even though these changes were profound and were definitely making an impact, I realized that I wanted to expand my work. 
I saw so much potential for growth and so much potential to ensure that I can make changes that won't only impact those around me, but those out of my reach. And that's what really inspired my work with Girl Up as a Teen Advisor, which really sparked my application. And thankfully, I was accepted. And ever since, I've really enjoyed being able to touch the lives of those both in my eco chamber and outside of it. And I always enjoy breaking that eco chamber every day and always learning about new voices and perspectives in this beautiful realm of advocacy. I love how your story started so local and then you were able to bring it up to a, a national level with your organization and then even to an international level with Girl Up. So I would love for you to tell me more about your work with Girl Up, actually. I am a big fan of the organization and the work they do. So can you tell me some about your work as a teen advisor? Of course. So working with Girl Up really involves me both speaking on different events and panels pertaining to gender equality and their intersections, and also working internally alongside other teen advisors to review partnerships that Girl Up has, and also providing general advice on how to direct Girl Up and ensure that the organization is effectively advocating for girls throughout the world and is and fully ensuring that we are fighting for gender equality in all their intersections. So as an example, some events that I've had the honor of working on during my tenure has been speaking at Girl Up's Global Leadership Summit this past summer on the importance of intersectionality and organizing alongside a couple of other teen advisors. I also had the pleasure to co-MC Girl Up's first annual sports innovation lab that was sponsored by WWE, where we shared the initiatives that Girl Up club leaders were doing throughout the world that pertained to increasing equity and equality of girls in sports. I am so glad that you were able to be involved in all of those initiatives and to be a part of that community. So I would love to ask you now a little bit about the intersectionality of your activism. Some of the young people I've talked with on this podcast have discussed that it can be really difficult to balance or also sometimes really natural to balance intersecting issues in their activism. And you are both a gender and a racial equity advocate. And I would love to get your thoughts on the intersectionality of your work. Do you find it challenging to balance or just kind of tell me your thoughts on that side of your work? I think organized, I think youth organizing and advocacy pertaining to intersectionality is definitely a difficult task. I mean, personally, being both Black but also being female, my advocacy pertains to both the Black experience and more particularly the experience of the Black woman. I'm trying to advocate for both causes equally and at times combined can definitely feel overwhelming. A lot of times it feels like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And at times that can certainly lead to burnout through the initiatives that I work on, both through the POC and also with Girl Up. But I think one of the benefits of organizing within a community is that that weight doesn't fall on you alone. You always have your team and those around you to always circle back and to elevate yourselves and to collectively push forward together for change. And I think I especially experienced that as a Girl Up Teen Advisor, where I think one of the benefits of that program is that you never feel alone when you're advocating for change. You can always consult a TA from another state or from another country to ask how they organize for an initiative, while also ensuring that they're taking care of their mental health and making sure that they themselves feel okay within their work. So to answer your question, definitely advocating for intersectionality is definitely an overwhelming task. But I think one of the benefits of doing so is that when organizing collectively amongst others, you are always able to, I guess, bounce back, for lack of a better word, and to effectively advocate for change to the beauty of community. 
I think that's such a wonderful way of looking at intersectionality, and I really appreciate you sharing that point about how your activism is reflective of your identity, and that, of course, fuels your passions for the issues. So I would love to know, do you have any words of wisdom or maybe really great advice that you've heard that you try to live by? Does anything like that come to mind for you? Definitely. So this is actually going to be a little bit of a flashback, but when I was in middle school, when they would play the morning announcements, something that the principal, or if not the principal, then teachers would always say before they closed the morning announcements was to make someone's day today. And at times, if not me, then who? And I think those two mantras definitely followed me throughout middle school and also in high school in the sense that I knew that through everything I did, whether it was something small or something huge, that I not only wanted to make someone's day, I wanted to ensure that I was leaving an impact on the lives of others, but I also view that through the perspective of if I don't stand up and advocate for change, then who else will? In the case of education reform, if I won't stand up and say that our system needs to change, we need to ensure that our curricula is more inclusive, then who else is going to do that? And I think that definitely pushed me throughout high school to always stand up and use my voice to disrupt narratives and also to enact change, even if it seems scary at first. I love that. And those are definitely some ideas that I think about a lot as well. So thank you for sharing those. So with your activism and the work that you're doing, what are some of the changes that you're hoping to see in the future? Are there any changes you hope to see either in maybe the near future or maybe more long term when it comes to the issues you're passionate about? Definitely. So I think for me, my activism is definitely going through a transitional period as I move from high school and slowly into college. I know that advocacy between both of those realms is definitely different. And so as I pass my organization, the POC Advocacy, on to current high schoolers to continue that change, I'm definitely starting now to focus more so on advocacy pertaining to racial and gender equity, specifically focusing on Black women and how they are not only represented as social movements, but how we are collectively advocating for change for Black women in the current Black Lives Matter movement. Through my research with the African-American Policy Forum's Young Scholar Program, which I did this past summer, I actually discovered something pertaining to intersectional visibility, which is pretty much detailing how Black women at times are kind of obscured or not really fully acknowledged to the larger picture of racial justice pertaining to Black Americans. And because of Black women experiencing both racism and sexism more commonly coined as misogynoir. It can be difficult at times to both advocate effectively for racial justice for Black Americans without leaving Black women out. So something that I'm definitely focusing on more towards the near future is doing more research on this so that I can understand it better in a sense. And then from there, moving forward, examining how I can effectively ensure that Black women's voices are elevated and that we are effectively making changes so that Black women can live equitable lives, either in the realms of education reform or through a different medium. But frankly, I'm still exploring, still seeing what really needs to be done out there, but I'm really looking forward to it as time progresses. That's so interesting. And I'm so glad that you talked about continuing your education and continuing to learn more about the issue because that's definitely something that we can all do a little more of. And so I completely agree with you there. I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students, high school students, want to create change and they want to make a difference, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? I would say don't be afraid to reach out to others for help. 
I think something that definitely helped me when I got started with activism was reaching out to others in my community and finding a mentor and pretty much someone that could guide me as I navigated the realms of change. And so I think networking, even like online with LinkedIn or even connecting with people in your own community, while it can be scary at first, I think it's definitely important to organize collectively in the, in the community. We are starting out alone and doing so can definitely help young people in pushing for change and doing so effectively collaboratively. But another thing I would also say is to never feel like you're alone, which kind of connects with the latter in the sense that when I first got started, going back to what I said earlier, it does feel like the world is on your shoulders. I mean, the plight of our current world is kind of evident. We have large injustices in the realms of race and in economics and in climate change. There's so much happening in the world. There's so much inequalities. And at times, it feels as though world leaders are looking at young people and it's like, you guys will be the generation to change this. And the young people are like, yes, we can do it. We will change this. We will fight for change. But at times, it can feel overwhelming. Like, how are we supposed to do this? How can we effectively fight for change? At times, it feels like the world is on our shoulders. And to that, I would say to young people trying to get involved in social justice amidst what, frankly, is a climactic period in our world, to know that you're never alone, that there are so many other advocates and organizers that are out there that are doing the work and are just getting started. And they would be more than happy to help you and guide you and teach you how to organize and fight for change in your communities. And so overall, my primary advice would be to not be afraid. And even though it does seem overwhelming at times, to know that there is a large community of supporters that are collectively and persistently um, supporting you and helping you and encouraging you to get involved in this collaborative fight for equity and change. I really enjoyed talking with Denaya, and I'm so glad that we got to explore her current activism and her hopes and interests for the future as well. I really want to highlight Denaya's persistent advice about finding a community of people to support you in the work you're doing. I think her advice applies to activism because it's so important to have people there supporting you and standing by your side and making change. But I think community is also so crucial in other aspects of life as well. Whether it's at school, or maybe in the workplace, or on a team, or anywhere else, it's so valuable to have a community to support and be there for each other. So much more can be accomplished with a network of support, and we can all follow Denia's advice to find that network, because change comes when you recognize the beauty of community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can connect with Denia on Instagram at Smith underscore. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.